Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that wanted to see Sonic Death Monkey, but ended up seeing Katherine Turner Overdrive. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Welcome, Welcoming back to the show is my brother, Peter. Hey, man, how's it going? Here. Um, pretty good. Pretty good. How about you? Um, well, I'm OK. Um, I told everyone you were out sick. Are you feeling better? Yeah, yeah, definitely feeling better, which is uh, good. And um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm assuming because you're still in the recovery phase that uh, we may have a, a cough on a time or two. So we will uh, apologize in advance if Peter coughs. <laughs> I always try and do it as off off mic as possible, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, it's in your downtime. Let's jump right into it because we have a ton of news to cover. So in your downtime, did you get a chance to watch anything? Do you get this, you know? Um, yeah, um, I watched a couple things. Um, the first thing I wanted to mention is um, you season three just dropped on Netflix and I watched that. And um, to be honest, like this one, I was a little bit disappointed with. Unfortunately, um, you has always been a very similar show in tone to Dexter. Um, the, the thing about Dexter, though, is, yes, Dexter is a serial killer, but he also chooses to kill very bad and evil people. And that's kind of his redeeming, um, his redeeming, uh, piece of the story. And, uh, in you, you have the main character, Joe, who is kind of a creep and stuff. And I don't know that he has that sort of redeeming quality like Dexter has. (laughs) He's just in the first season, he was just a really interesting character and they did a really good job of it. But the problem I'm having is, in this third season, they kind of uh, it's kind of gotten to a point where I feel like the main character, Joe, doesn't have a lot of redeeming qualities and he's just a horrible person. And then his wife is kind of the same way. And it's one of those things where I watched the third season and halfway through, I was like, you know, I used to like this show. I thought it was really interesting, but I just can't find any redeeming qualities in any of these characters. So I kind of I don't know if I'm going to stick with the show, unfortunately, even though the first two sh- seasons I enjoyed quite a bit. I just I don't know. The, the third season rubbed me the wrong way, basically, for the reasons I just said. Um, but then after watching that, I actually started watching something else on Netflix that I was actually pretty pleasantly surprised with. Um, I joined the mob. I joined everybody and uh, started watching Squid Game. Which, um, like I said, I was Drew. I don't know. Have you watched this at all? I have not. And it's a matter of time as opposed to want. Yeah. So so I honestly had no idea what what I was in for. I actually thought it was going to be like a reality show competition or something like that. But it's not that at all. It's a uh, it's a narrative story that is kind of I don't want to spoil too much, but it kind of involves a sort of 
underground battle battle royale almost game um, in uh, South Korea that involves people joining this deadly underground uh, set of games to try to get out of debt. And uh, it's a really interesting show. There's a lot of um, interesting social commentary and stuff. But really, I was just pleasantly surprised because I assumed it was going to be this sort of gimmicky reality TV show or something like that. Like I kind of went in not knowing what to expect. And uh, when I finally watched it, it was just a it's I mean, I haven't finished. I'm only a couple episodes in, but it's a really interesting, suspenseful narrative story that I've just been really enjoying. So Squid Game so far is awesome. Um, Other other than that, you and the rest of the world think so. So um, until I get on the bandwagon. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, I was pleasantly surprised with this, with that. Um, Other than that, while I was out, I mostly just tried to find like older comedies and stuff (laughs) to watch. Uh, that I could find on various streaming services. Like I rewatched uh, like planes, trains and automobiles and what, what about Bob and just a lot of older movies, just because a lot of them I haven't seen for a while. And I just kind of wanted to watch feel good stuff that I could kind of uh, live nostalgically through, if you will. So uh, sure. I don't know. How about you? Have you watched anything cool or anything fun recently? All right. Well, so first off, um, the one there's one trailer I talked about last week that um, I got the review, but you and I didn't really talk about. Did you see the new Scream trailer? Oh, man. No, I actually haven't seen this. Okay, Because you were out for a week, I didn't know what you consumed. And I probably should have sent you a text letting you know that the Scream trailer dropped. But the, the movie the for the new Scream, the trailer dropped. It's amazing. Um, I'm really oh, like, that's awesome. I thought it was awesome. I was just really like, ooh, I can't wait for Scream uh, to come back. Um so check it out. Um, okay. The Uncharted trailer dropped this afternoon um, for the uh, Uncharted movie with Tom Holland. Um, I've, I've never played the games, but the subject matter always I, I love it because the uh, I've always been a big Indiana Jones fan. And it's kind of like the Uncharted motif is kind of like a Indiana Jones esque kind of a thing. Um, the from what I know of the game, the what I have seen of it, what I have watched people play of it, they did a really good job of capturing the game as what it is. And there were some sequences in the trailer that in the, my short experience with watching people play or seeing gameplay footage, they definitely captured some specific moments from the game in the film. The only nice. thing I have against what I saw was that the trailer didn't really make me go, ooh, I got to see it. <laughs> All right. um, I'm going to watch it, but trailers are supposed to amp you up and get you excited for it. I was just kind of like, OK, I'll watch that, you know, like that mentality. <laughs> um, but, yeah, check it out. I just was I mean, it looks cool. That's really all I got, you know. Uh, yeah, nice. I uh, I did go see. Let's see that I, I finished. I finished the season finale of um, Only Murders in the Building, that show I was telling you about with Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. Uh, Martin Short. The season finale dropped. The season as a whole was great. Um, and I look forward to season two. My only, like, criticism is that the season finale, I felt, was lacking. I don't know if it was an issue of anticlimactic situation or what. It just kind of felt flat compared to all the other episodes building up to it. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, the 
big thing that I watched was I went and saw James Bond this weekend. Um, I'm a little behind in terms of review because James Bond came out the week before. I just didn't get a chance to see it. I went and saw James Bond, uh, No Time to Die, the most recent film. And I have to say it is absolutely incredible. Um, I'm not the biggest like when it comes to like the spy stuff, I always prefer Mission Impossible series over the James Bond. Um, the James Bond movies, I've always liked them. I've seen all of them. Um, I think the only one. No, I take that back. The only one I have not seen was the original Casino Royale with George Lazenby because it wasn't like it, we didn't know it was technically part of the Bond franchise until later because of some weird copyright nonsensical stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've seen all the Bond movies. I overall overall I like them. This one sat with me in a way the other ones don't like it's it's like days later and I'm still thinking about the movie, but it is tight. Oh, nice. It's compact. It is nonstop. It is incredibly intense. Even when you get to the downtime exposition stuff, it's still moving forward and quick paced. And you're just like riveted from the opening from the opening credits to the closing credits. You're just with it. Um, it's a two hours and 43 minutes and it feels like 90. Like yeah. <laughs> it is such a it's such an intense. That's movie. awesome. And the stuff and the majority of the trailer is the first maybe 10 minutes of the film. Um, so there's lots of surprises along the way. Um, such a such a good movie. Um, so I highly recommend going to see the new Bond movie. And so Daniel Craig did five. So this was his fifth one. Um, you do not have to have seen his other five films, the other four films to understand mm -hmm. what's going on in this one. Nice. It, it helps. Um, it, it definitely helps because they reference Casino Royale fairly heavily and they reference um, uh, Casino Royale has a big reference and they cover some stuff that happened in Spectre. But ultimately, if you know that Spectre is like the big bad guy from the James Bond franchise and, you know, Blofeld is like the mastermind bad guy of Spectre and you remember the girl from Casino Royale. You should be OK with this. That's, <laughs> that's literally nice. the amount of information you need going into this, um, because ultimately it's a James Bond thing. The villain, his master plan is not. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you really <laughs> break it down. But when you look at Bond films, very rarely do their big master plans make a lot of sense. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, so it's totally like you're just go with it. Go along with the ride. Follow the explanation to go, OK, I get you um, the experience going to the theater. I'm going to talk about this because it made me laugh. Um, there was a guy about two rows behind me. It was a fairly there wasn't many people in the theater, um, but there was a guy and his wife about two rows behind me that were making comments during the trailers. And I thought to myself, <laughs> please do not like I've seen all the trailers like, you know, you go yeah. it's the same trailers in front of like Shang-Chi and it was the same trailers in front of Venom. And it was the same. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, there was like two extra trailers in there that I had never seen before, but they were making comments during the trailers. And all I could think was, please don't talk during the movie. Now, there was one <laughs> moment where his wife out loud whispered, I saw that coming. I saw that coming. And I was like. Yeah, we all saw that coming. But that's just the only like audible remark they made during the film. Um, but the reason I bring this up is because during the trailers, this was the guy's response to every trailer that hit before the movie. Mm, stupid. 
Mm, <laughs> I guess so. Mm. Chick flick. I mean, okay. <laughs> like, just, nice. It really made me laugh. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, go see Bond because it's fantastic. Um, yeah, that's about it, man. The rest of it. Uh, nice. Yeah, I think that's about it in terms of my watching category. Um, the next thing I watched is going to roll us. There's one more thing that I watched, and it's going to roll us right into news. So you want to hit the news? Sure. Okay. I hate to say that, but it literally rolls us right into news. This week, this weekend was, while you were sick and kind of laid out, was DC Fandome. Yes, I had a feeling it was, and I was like, oh, man, I think I'm missing it right now. But, uh, yeah, did you get the chance to watch anything? Not only that, I had a ridiculously busy day, and you were supposed to be the one between the two of us to catch (laughs) the majority of it so you could come back and report. Luckily, regardless of me knowing you were sick or not, because I just don't know if I knew at that point. Actually, no, I did know at that point, but um, I was able to catch – the majority of it. Um, oh, the, only nice. thing, the only thing I missed out on was the Black Adam uh, featurette that they aired, which I went back and watched on YouTube, and then the stuff they showed for Aquaman too. But that was like it was. There wasn't much they showed for those two movies. Um, nice. But the imagery was cool to see and that kind of stuff. So you're just like, yeah, okay, those movies are moving along. Um, highlights for me: they showed a lot of uh, stuff for upcoming projects for like um, the HBO Max stuff, like the Harley Quinn show, the DC Super Pets. They showed a trailer for the uh, um, the Batmobile show. Um, yeah, like that kids' cartoon Batmobile show. Maybe <laughs> like, but it was mostly concept art. Um, they did talk about. They didn't show any footage for it, but they did do a featurette with Bruce Tim Abrams and uh, Matt Reeves about the new Batman animated television show. Um, yeah, it's called Batman, the case Cape Crusader. It will release on, in 2023 on Cartoon Network and HBO Max. They said it's going to be more adult this time. I don't know what that means because they said it's going to release on Cartoon Network. But Harley Quinn is very heavy with the gore and language. But this is Bruce Tim specifically saying he's doing the version of Batman animated series he wanted to do originally and be adult with it and be more violent with it. Um, and that kind of stuff. So it kind of makes interesting. Me, it, it makes me kind of excited because it's Bruce Tim doing what he does, which we loved the first run. But because of the era, he couldn't do the animated series the way we wanted uh, or way he wanted anyway. So, um, yeah. Um, interesting. The big things that hit DC fandom that really got my attention. First off, they did have a it wasn't a trailer for shazam but they did do like a sizzle reel so you got to see a lot of behind the scenes making of stuff but shazam shaping up to look awesome nice Uh, shazam fury of the gods they did a featurette for the flash movie it was actually really funny um ezra miller goes we don't have enough footage to show you guys a trailer we don't have enough footage to show you guys a teaser but we wanted to show you (laughs) something so we brought this. We hope you like it. He was really like, <laughs> kind of nonchalant about it. It was funny. Um, so he they play this thing. Honestly, I'm sorry. It's a teaser. Um, yeah, it's it. You hear this monologue by Bruce Wayne, but like Michael Keaton, Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. So you hear Michael Keaton's voice talking and he's clearly talking to the Flash saying stuff like you can go anywhere in time, worlds, dimensionally, like all that stuff. 
And then he's talking the whole time and you're seeing the old Flash costume with and then the new Flash costume. And then they show the ring where the Flash costume is kept inside and they show like bits and pieces of stuff. And then they show this image. Where you see two Flashes and Supergirl looking at something. And then it's very clear it's the Michael Keaton Batman cowl appear on screen. Um, and it was awesome. And then. You see Ezra Miller as Flash standing next to something with a sheet over it, and he pulls the sheet off, and you don't get to see what it is, but you hear him say, "Oh, that's awesome!" It's clearly <laughs> it was clearly the Batmobile, but <laughs> you know what nice. I mean. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was cool to see some of the images. There were some <coughs> chills because of because of reading the comic book. You're just like, "Oh my God, you're going for it!" You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the. Big one, the big thing, and I literally was so glad I was able to catch this, was the Batman trailer. Did you get a chance to watch that? No, I I honestly haven't. I honestly haven't heard, oddly enough, a lot of hype around DC fandom. I guess I've just been out of it. But, uh, yeah, tell me about the Batman trailer. The the DC fandom, I feel, this year did not have the hype that it had last year. Yeah. Like, last year was bigger and better. But they also were like Snyder Cut and this and like they were like, we're putting everything out there and showing you guys everything. This felt like, hey, we're going to do it again. We just don't have as much stuff as we did. Yeah. Uh, but the big prize was getting to um, the end when they showed the Batman uh, trailer and they had Matt Reeves, uh, Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson kind of on a panel, like the three of them talking together real briefly about casting and like coming onto the project, like digging into the comics and looking for source material. And Matt Reeves talked about how, you know, he's going for a more of a emotional journey with Batman and he wants his Batman to be um, uh, younger. So not at the beginning, the way we saw Bruce Wayne and Batman Begins, but like a year into his Batman career. So like year one, but like established. Yeah. And, uh, they talked about that for a little bit and then they aired the trailer. Um, yeah, we had that teaser that they showed us last year. This. Wow. This is one of those like, wow, <laughs> wow, wow kind of things. Mm-hmm. The movie just looks incredible. Um it looks hyper violent and emotional and gritty and just what you want it to be. Um, mm-hmm. And Zoe Kravitz looks great. You get a better look at Colin Farrell as the penguin. You actually get some decent like looks at uh, Riddler, but you never really get to see his face. So we don't know like what that deals about, but the movie just looks awesome. Um, nice. so I, I highly, I highly recommend going and checking that out. Um, so that kind of covers DC fandom. I, I, those are like the big highlights that really stood out. There were little things that got me super excited. They didn't give us any news about Green Lantern series or anything like that. Um, that did drop news wise, and they said it is moving forward. Um, so, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So there's a big news story that uh, we need to discuss. Um, that uh, this is kind of goofy. So there is a big um, potential strike coming in the world of Hollywood. You're going to see lately, if you pay attention to the news, if you watch stuff or like poke around on the Internet, you're going to see a lot of reports of a it's called the IATSE negotiations. Um, IATSE is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Okay. Uh, 
it's this isn't like the writers guild the directors guild or whatever it's it, it consider this one of the guilds i guess you could say but iatsi is an acronym for the international alliance theatrical stage employees they are the background people these are like the guys behind the guy behind the guy so this covers craft service this covers grips this covers gaffers this covers mm-hmm. the lighting guys this covers like the 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 sound the assistance to the sound guys the people who really make the movies go Yes, have like, you know, Tom Cruise and his actors show up and then you have your director and producers and you have all the people that do the stuff to get the to get it to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, there is a strike on the verge of a strike for their labor union. um, Crazy. That is happening either right now as we're typing, as as, as we're typing, as we're speaking or as we are um, or it's already begun. It's going to push delays on a lot of stuff. So get ready for the chance of like reports of the show's not coming back or anything like that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. OK, just get ready for that to be a thing. The reason I bring that up is because Marvel announced everything that they have coming out is being pushed. New release, new release dates for literally everything. Now, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige, let me back up a second here. Kevin Feige said it's production shifts and changes. And because we have so many slots, we can just shift slots. So all the Marvel movie slots are the same. We're just shifting which movies are coming out when. So that might be him saving face because of the strike. That might be him saying we're just shifting stuff around. So things come out in different orders, because if you think about it, they have a story they're telling a big. Like multi movie story, so they might want something to come out earlier. It might not have anything to do with it, but yeah, Marvel has the shift of release dates. I'm going to go over them a couple seconds, but the other thing, the other thing is Indiana Jones five got delayed. So that's getting pushed back Mm -hmm. a whole nother year. And then Marvel announced all this stuff. So my thing was, wow. Okay. we got the strike coming. There's a lot of stuff that could get pushed. Do you know the reason for the strike? Um, it's labor union stuff and pay wages and that kind of thing. Benefits. And, okay. I mean, Fair enough. stuff that people are going to fight for anyway. Um, mm-hmm. it's just back in the day, there was a writer's strike and I was too young to really see the impact of it on the industry. But the flip side of that writer's strike getting over with is we got Quentin Tarantino out of it because what happened right. is, is they're like, well, these writers aren't going to work. Do we? anyone willing to put out some stuff, you know, um, mm. and Quentin Tarantino was something we got out of that writer's strike. The second time we had a writer's strike, it shut down shows like Lost and um, 24 and like that era of television. Um, the funny thing about that writer's strike is the uh, John Stewart, Stephen Colbert and Conan did it. They had like a a feuding battle between their shows. Yeah. They had no writers, so they were just kind of improving all their episodes. It was really funny to kind of watch the three of them back and forth because they had like some funny, like messing with each other games going on between the three shows. Absolutely. Um, so, but this isn't like that. This isn't like, uh, like the writer strike has affected things here and there, but this is like the background people are like, no, we're good. We're going to go do something else. You better pay us if you want to get your stuff. going. <laughs> Um, yeah, absolutely. So well, all, all, all I'm really thinking is just like you mentioned, like these are the people who really make uh, the movies go and stuff like that. And um, it's one of those things I think people don't think about all these uh, sort of um, uh, 
stage hands and lighting guys and everything like people on a movie set. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize how big of an impact these people have. Um, I remember being an extra on Man of Steel and just kind of being awestruck at it was literally like it felt like there was a mini company going on when I was on set for that, because there's so many people in the background, so many people in charge of every little thing. Like there's one lady who was her one job was to make sure that Superman's cape looked right. And she was spraying and iron ironing Superman's cape. And you just don't realize how many people are actually on a movie set. So it's very interesting, but yeah, this, uh, if this group goes on strike, it's you can definitely see how that could put a huge halt to like nearly all of uh, the Hollywood movies in production right now. But um, no, uh, as you were saying, I uh, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, there. no, no, dude, don't. By all means, it's supposed to be a conversation, right? I was yeah. just trying. I just know that uh, you said that you get a little winded because you're on your recovery. So I figured I'd talk them <laughs> more. Oh, talk, talk, talk more new. Um. All right, so let's talk about some of these Marvel things uh, that got moved. So Marvel's making major changes to their upcoming slate. Doctor Strange is being pushed to March of 2022, uh, from March to May. Not that big of a jump. Thor is being pushed from May to July of the same year. So you see the difference? We're literally like talking a couple months with these. Uh, Black Panther is being pushed from July to November. Okay. Um, And that's just in 2022. Um, the Marvels have been pushed from November of 2022 to February of 2023. So we're not you're not seeing big jumps here. Ant-Man and the Wasp goes from February of 2023 to July of 2023. So here's the schedule right now. And this is the order in which they're releasing the Eternals, which, by the way, I have my ticket to see. So I can't wait for that. Um, the Eternals. Hawkeye, Spider-Man, that closes out 2021. Okay. All right. All right. 2022 will be Mrs. Miss Marvel, um, which is a Disney Plus series. Doctor Strange, Thor, Black Panther. All right. That's what we're getting in 2022. 2023, we're getting the Marvels, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and then an untitled MCU movie that they have not announced the title for yet. Okay. 2024, we are getting one, two, three, four untitled Marvel films that they have <laughs> not announced the titles for yet. And um, announced movies and shows that do not have release dates yet. Blade, Fantastic Four, Deadpool 3, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Holiday Special. I am Groot, Ironheart, Armor Wars, and Secret Invasion. It's a lot, right, then. but hey, that's a lot, but hey, it's awesome. Um, the thing that I wanted to bring up was we do not – there was a thing I found on the internet today about Iron Man 4 that Robert Downey Jr. has confirmed he's going to be an Iron Man 4. I'm saying this right now that I believe this is a rumor. I don't know – where the the source didn't is not something I trust in terms of trusted news sources when it comes to the internet. And I could only find it in one place. So I don't know how legitimate it is. Um, okay. We have, we have an Ironheart television series coming for Disney plus. 
We have an Armor Wars television series coming for Disney+. Plus. Um, to my knowledge and to everything I just read, there is no Iron Man 4 listed unless it's one of those untitled Marvel films. All I can say is that might be rumor, so be careful what you're reading on the Internet. It might not be correct. The other thing is, uh, Peter, if I tell you the number of bonus scenes in a movies and in a Marvel <laughs> film for the credits, do you consider that a spoiler? No, not at all. OK. With that being said, The Eternals has two bonus scenes in the credits. OK. I'm glad I know that. I like knowing how many bonus scenes there are in credits. Um, the Eternals has two. They're saying that they are both equal in length, which is awesome. And they said they're both incredibly important and equal in weight to the story of the overarching Marvel Universe. That's okay. awesome. Nice. Like in Shang-Chi, they had the one that was very oh, big Marvel Universe, and then they had one that was very Shang-Chi. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you saw Shang-Chi, right? No, I saw this, but I know I know you. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of the bonus scenes was very – it's going to be big, overarching Marvel Universe, and one of them was very close to, like, setting up a Shang-Chi sequel, if you will. Right. Um, so Eternals, apparently they're both Marvel Universe-expanding bonus scenes. One of them, be very careful if you don't want spoilers, and I'm telling all of our listeners to this, one of those bonus scenes has been spoiled on the internet currently. Um, <laughs> it was spoiled to me on the radio while I was in the car. Um, nice. The radio DJ said, hey, Marvel just made a movie announcement. I'll tell you about it. You know, the, We'll tell you about it in two songs, so stick around. They made it sound like Marvel had made an announcement for a movie. Yeah. Right. Like maybe it was a casting announcement. Maybe it was a director announcement. Maybe it was a, Hey, we're doing this movie. You know, everyone's excited. Mm -hmm. When they came back after the two songs, they said it, they spoiled one of the bonus scenes. <laughs> and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Now, where would That's they get hilarious? And where would they get the information? The Hollywood for premiere for Eternals has already happened at the time of this recording. Mm -hmm. So some people out there know this is a bonus scene where I'm very angry that I know the information, but I'm also very excited to actually see that on screen because that's not something I was expecting. I will not spoil it. I will not say anything to anybody, but I do say be very careful what you're reading on the Internet because of this spoiler. Um, yeah. So well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't want to ruin it for anyone because I was angry. I just was like, holy cow, I can't believe that just happened. So mm -hmm. um, did you um, another Marvel news just to continue the Marvel uh, stuff? Apparently, World War Hulk is rumored to be in development at at Marvel Studios for a new movie. Uh, how do you feel about this? Crazy. Um, I mean, I. I think World War Hulk is. Hold on, say that one more time. You really broke a story. Oh, yeah, you my, broke up just a little I, bit. Repeat that sentence. I think it's a really epic story to tackle. Um, I've kind of been wanting to see more solo Hulk stuff, but uh, I don't know. Is this like a controversial um, situation that's going on, or uh, what's oh, what's going on here? The controversial thing is only I'm not that big of a fan of World War Hulk. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. I got one when they so 
I didn't read like the World War <laughs> Hulk comic books, but I do know what there was the World War Hulk animated show that was I don't know if it was on Cartoon Network or if it was I don't know what channel it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of thought it was silly and kind of dumb. Okay. I, I just didn't get into it. Um, I'm not saying that it won't be cool on the big screen live action. I just did not get into um, the animated show that they were attempting to do. Um, and that was really my only run with it. So when I saw this, I was like, mm, OK, but it's part of the Marvel Universe. It's part of this. You know, I'm going to my butt's going to be in a seat for it, whether I'm making these statements now or not. Um, but I thought if I if I remembered right, I thought that you had been somewhat of a fan of that cartoon when I was on, or at least I could have swore you were watching it when we were kids. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I think um, I, I I guess I kind of feel like I align a little bit with you or I recognize the I do think it's kind of a silly story, but I think a lot of Hulk stories are kind of silly stories that are excuses for the Hulk to uh, duke it out <laughs> with a bunch of different characters in the MCU. So that's kind of why I'm like, I think I'm excited to see this on the big screen, but I don't know if I'm thinking it's going to be the most serious uh, MCU film or anything like that. You know, I don't think this is going to be civil war level of um, maybe nuance or uh, intrigue or anything like that. Sure. Okay. Um, And then uh, since we're on the Marvel news, that kind of rolls us into Disney a little bit. Um, November 12th is going to be Disney plus day. Um, and they're going to be delivering a whole bunch of content that's going to be dropping on Disney Plus, um, from Star Wars documentaries to Marvel documentaries to uh, Shang Chi will be available for everyone to watch on Disney Plus on the twelfth. Um, like all this stuff is going to be there's a bunch of content that's going to be hitting. It'll be like Disney's fandom, if you will, but it's going to all be on <laughs> lots of cool nice. Stuff to watch. One of the things that they talked about that we'll be watching is there's going to be a Boba Fett documentary. Um, that's going to be dropping on Disney Plus, which I thought was kind of cool, um, just because I think it's going to it'll be really cool to dive into like some of the original trilogy stuff. Maybe we'll see some behind the scenes stuff that we didn't know. Uh, maybe we'll see some behind the scenes footage that we've never seen before in terms of um, creating the character. Um, maybe we'll get we'll get to see some like upcoming stuff for the book of Boba Fett, but maybe we'll get to see some concept stuff because George, you know, like where he came up with the idea for Boba Fett. Or, I have no idea what we're going to get. Um, but the uh, uh, the documentary will be titled Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett. Cool. Uh, yeah, sounds fun. Yeah, it does sound fun. Um, OK, um, did you watch Why the Last Man on FX? So I started it and I just fell off. I really need to get back into it. From what I've seen, it was awesome. But uh, why? What's up? It's canceled. Really? Yep. That why, is crazy. Why the last man canceled after one season? Well, that sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Showrunner Eliza Clark says they are committed to finding a new home for the series, which means they want to keep going, but they got to find someone to carry it. But FX canceled the show. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, that that really sucks. From what I've seen, it was actually really good. But um, I don't know. I guess I'm part of the problem because I didn't <laughs> I kind of <laughs> fell off of the show as well. So sure. it is what sure, it sure. is. Um, here's a blast from the past. One. Did you see Mel Brooks's History of the World Part One? <laughs> oh, of course. Yes. Who didn't? Right. Um, History of the per- part World Part One is absolutely one of Mel Brooks's, in my opinion, best movies. It's absolutely hysterical. Um, 
at the end of the movie, <laughs> they jokingly play a trailer for History of the World Part Two. Yes, it's a movie that was meant to be a joke trailer. We never got it. So, man, we're talking like I think we're got to be like 50 years out, 40, 50 years out from uh, the release of History of the World Part One. And uh, uh, let's see. Hulu has ordered Mel Brooks's History of the World Part Two as a series. Well, then. so so for those of you who had that on your 2021 bingo card, uh <laughs> lock that in that made me laugh i was like wow that's crazy um and it has me completely intrigued and if it's going to be a thing as long as mel brooks is involved it could be really solid <laughs> absolutely so, and and history of the world part one was composed of a lot of sort of um not very related um different settings and uh storylines they went through so i think it makes sense that it would be um almost like an anthology feeling series when they put it all together but no this is awesome um i've been still waiting for uh spaceballs 2 ever since uh the force awakens came out and mel brooks said he was interested in pursuing space Jam- or spaceballs 2 finally but uh i think this is definitely a good compensation like history of the world part two that sounds awesome yeah um you're a lego guy right um as much as i can be (laughs) at this point in my life but sure we're we're all adults (laughs) the last lego set i bought was the um infinity gauntlet lego set because i had to have it i was like it was too cool to not have the Infinity gauntlet sitting on my shelf and since i can't afford the big sideshow collectibles one i could definitely afford the lego one and it'll still look just as cool um it is sitting on the shelf with the middle finger exposed so it's flipping out <laughs> they walk in the room because of course why wouldn't you um, <laughs> But every now and then I do see a Lego set that catches my attention and I go, ooh, I have to have that. And then there's no way I'm going to consider buying it. Like, uh, I believe we talked a couple weeks ago about um, the Lego Titanic set. Did we talk about that? Maybe. It's Maybe. not ringing a bell, but. Lego's, Lego's releasing a Titanic Lego set. It's massive. It's like $600. It's the largest Lego set they've ever released um, in terms of, no, it's like over 9,000 pieces or something like that. It's apparently huge. It's over four feet long, um, which just sounds awesome. But like, I can't. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally get that, but I can't afford it. Um, The thing that caught my attention today is Lego is going to be releasing. And this is just amazing. The McAllister house from Home Alone as a Lego set. Oh, that's great. Um, It is. I don't know how big it is, but it's got to be big enough because it opens up and you can see the entire interior of the house. It comes with all the characters and everything. And that's just it just sounds awesome. And I'm literally like, man, (laughs) Um, that's great. Do you know, do they have uh, like all of Kevin's booby traps and stuff that he set up in the movie? That's the thing. In the images they show, you can't tell what booby traps are there, but they do have the train with the Michael Jordan cut out on it. And they do have like, you know, like they have a lot of stuff uh, from the movie that you can make out. You're like, oh, dude, that's awesome. And they have this and they have that and everything. And um, but I, you just can't from the pictures. There's not enough good angles to tell if the traps are there. And with Legos, they're so small. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, That's, um, that brings us to the end of the news. Nice. Yeah. So um, 
if you watched fandom, I probably think we would have talked more about the fandom <laughs> stuff, but um, it's all good, dude. So let's talk about the list. Are you talking about a list tonight, man? Yeah, sounds good. All right, cool. Ryan, uh, it's list time, so you know what to do, man. Roll the thing. for the top five. All right. Uh, Peter, welcome back. Yes. Uh, you sat out uh, last week. Um, so here's what we did for the list last week, because I basically, everyone sat and listened to me talk from talk to myself for about an hour. Uh, <laughs> because I is at the last minute that I found out that you weren't doing the show, I was like, what do I do for an, a show? Um, so, ooh, um, I got a... If you heard that noise, that was my computer letting me know that I had a notification. Um, what I ended up doing was uh, I covered the news like normal. I basically did the show we normally would do. And then my top five list that I did last week was the top five comic books that I was currently reading. Um, oh, cool. So I just basically talked about stuff that I was currently reading through. Um, and uh, it was I thought I had fun reading it. I hope uh, someone heard something that they were like, "Ooh, I'll go check that out. But um yeah, you'll be able to listen to that because that episode will be dropping shortly. Um, but tonight, this was your pick that we had to put on hold yes. to set six. So do you want to tell everyone about what we're doing tonight? Yeah, I mean, we're doing our top five favorite Jack Black movies. Um, I thought of this list because we did our our top five favorite movies from 2001 recently. And I talked quite a bit about the movie Saving Silverman that week. And um, Jack Black is... Uh, some of his movies I love, some of his movies I don't, but I think overall he's one of my he's he's one of my favorite actors and he's somebody who anytime I know he's going to be in a movie, I know it's going to be fun and uh I just thought this would be a fun list to uh talk about. Awesome. Um do you have any honorable mentions? I have two, of course. <laughs> I have two, of course. Of course you, but I have nice. two as well. Um I was trying to I I honestly was like do we need to have honorable mentions? But it's, sometimes it's hard. Man. So what yeah. is uh, what's your first honorable? Me- uh, no, I got well, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way we play this game, I got to go first. Um, so my first honorable mention is um, people might laugh at this, um, but it's a movie that like it is a deep cut movie. Um, All right. It's a deep cut movie. And that's the movie Airborne. Do you remember nice. this? Movie? Oh, absolutely. OK. It's deep cut in terms of like, I know there's a handful of the world going, what? And then <laughs> there's yeah. another handful of the world that was like, Jack Black was in that. Um, Jack Black was one of the jerk hockey players or whatever in the movie. But um, Airborne was about a kid, a surfer kid who moves to Minnesota and um, has to go live with his cousin in Minnesota, who's played by Seth Green. And uh, it's basically like a high school teen movie, but it's all about like. Uh, extreme sports in the terms of like skateboards and rollerblading and stuff like that. Uh, more rollerblading than anything else, but it was just a fun movie. Um, but I don't have a lot to say on it. It's just Jack Black was in it. The movie was fun. It's one that sat with me. And when I was doing Jack Black movies, I'm like, no way. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I remember this movie. Uh, Jack Black played one of the sort of Jack bully kids who played hockey, who was making fun of the, uh, the new kid from California saying like, Oh, surfer, surfer boy, Maharushi over here. And, uh, he's just like, it's such an old, it, this, this movie's like, I want to say early nineties. And, uh, like it's, 
primarily about rollerblading, so that should tell you how old it is. But I think uh, Jack Black is one of these sort of standout sort of um, Jack bully sort of characters from the movie. I think he just has a lot of amusing lines and stuff like that. Airborne almost made my list. It just didn't because uh, there's a couple other movies that I think I liked a little bit more, but definitely a great pick. Um, yeah, there's just some there's just a memorable part, memorable parts. So um, for me, anyway. Um, before we go any farther, did you know Jack Black was in Demolition Man? So I saw that when setting up my list, but I don't re- like I don't remember him being in the movie at all. Neither do I. <laughs> so um, what's that? Man, neither do I. I just saw that. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait, what? Anyway, <laughs> um, what is uh, your first honorable mention? So my first honorable mention is Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. And this is a movie that. A lot of my friends love this movie, um, and I honestly, when I first saw it, was a little bit disappointed. Um, I was kind of expecting a crazy, over-the-top sort of rock opera sort of movie, which I kind of got, but the movie was a little bit more of a stoner comedy than I was hoping for. With that all being said, it's still a really fun movie to watch, especially in a group. I think this is a really fun movie to watch in it with a group of friends. And there is a lot of just really fun over the top, like rock and roll antics in this movie. So it had to make my list, even though it didn't make my top five. So I don't have too much else to say about it than that though. No, I got you. Um, you know, I'm, I tenacious D is fantastic. I really liked the music and stuff that he did with that as a, as a band. Um, if you don't know Jack Black, if you don't know tenacious D is Jack Black's band. Um, I really enjoyed the movie a lot, um, mostly because I feel like that first album really kind of it really did tell a story. And then the song <laughs> tribute basically is the story of the movie, like expanded. Yeah, <laughs> if you will. Um, so I thought the movie was funny, um, but I don't I definitely don't. It, it made my short list. It just didn't make the uh, final picks of the night. So um, nice. So my next honorable mention is Cable Guy. Um, he, uh, Jack Black played, uh, the friend of Matthew Broderick. Yeah. And cable guy, um, Jack Black has some, he's got some good one liners that, and just like one liners, facial expressions that really stand out. But cable guy is one of those dark comedies that I think most people didn't really, uh, um, expect to see coming the way it was. So, uh, like, I think it kind of turned him off of Jim Carrey. And I always read that Jim Carrey did that movie to scare away his fans a little bit. Cause they kind of got overwhelming, I guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but cable guy was always fun. Um, this, there's a lot of stuff in that movie that I still laugh at today. So, but that's it. I just didn't want to make it go any higher on the list. So, Nice. Yeah, that's a uh, cable guy is another movie that almost made my list. I think it was just because that I don't know if there's enough specific Jack Black moments in the movie that I really loved and stuff. But this is definitely like I actually really love cable guy. It's one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies and definitely a great comedy and all that. <laughs> um, let's see. Moving into my final honorable mention. I actually went with the movie The Holiday. Um which, uh, let's see, stars Jack Black, Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz and uh, Jude Law. And it's basically Cameron Diaz and Kate, Kate Winslet uh, swap houses for um, the holidays for, you know, for the Christmas season. And it's kind of this uh, romantic comedy movie that plays out. And it's just 
I think it's a really charming film. Um, I don't have too much to say about this one, but Jack Black is one of the, you know, four main characters. And I just think he does a really good job in this movie. And it was kind of I remember at the time it being a very sort of uh, like I'd say unexpected role for Jack Black because you don't always see this see Jack Black in a romantic comedy sort of uh, setting. So I thought he did a really good job with that. Um, yeah. Um, the holiday. Um, how about this? I was going to save this one for later because it actually made my list. But since this nice. my this since this would roll into my picks, we'll just talk about it now. Um, this movie really surprised me because on the surface, it really looks like a chick flick. And ultimately, it is a chick flick. Um, but this is, you know, Kate Winslet lives in London and um, sorry, in England and Cameron Diaz lives in L.A. and they're both like getting frustrated with their lives. So they find each other online and they decide let's take a, each take a vacation and trade houses for a couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And so they kind of switch places and they go take a vacation and live in each other's house. Um Kate Winslet befriends Jack Black when she's in L.A. and they form this like amazing friendship. And Jack Black is just absolutely charming in this movie. Like he's his normal funny self, but he's funny in this like serious way. Like it's like a legitimate. Not he's not trying to be it's not meant to be silly. It's not meant it's meant to be very sincere, but he's just got this like great personality kind of thing. And I think this is one of those movies that really shows how good of an actor Jack Black really is. Um, Absolutely. And it really, really surprised me. And the movie itself, like the whole story behind it and everything, like the story that you go through is really fun. Like I never there was never a point in my when I was watching it going, man, I wish I was watching something else. Like I never got bored with it. I never felt like I never felt like I was watching a chick flick. Let's put it that way. So, absolutely. No, I'd agree. Agree with that. Like the movie definitely showed his range. And like I said, it seems so silly looking back on it. But when this movie came out, I remember it being like almost like, wait, Jack Black can be in a romantic comedy. But, you know, why? You know, why can't he? You know, and uh, he knocked it out of the park in this film. So, yeah. So anyway, the holiday um, that kind of puts me. um, Let me type that on the list there. Um, That's my. (laughs) first pick so that throws it back to you man yeah so um i'm just gonna get it over with i talked about this movie extensively on our uh 2001 episode but i put saving silverman on my list i think this movie is just you know it came out in 2001 i just think it's a really really funny just really good comedy that i think gets overlooked a lot but you have jack black and uh I'm I'm forgetting the other actor, but they're both best friends with Jason Jason, Biggs and and Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn. Yes. Um, And uh, they're both best friends with Jason Biggs and he starts dating a girl they don't like. So it's up to the two best friends to try to break them up and uh, chaos ensues from there. It's a hilarious movie. I think it's super relatable. I think it's super funny. And like I said, I think it's a bit underrated. So definitely check out Saving Silverman if you get the chance. All right. So with the exception of maybe one, I have a feeling we're going to match straight up the board. Um, probably, probably yeah. straight across the board on this one. Um, so Saving Silverman is also a pick for me. We match on this one. Um, oh, nice. Yes, this is this is probably the first movie that I ever saw Jack Black in that I was like, who is this guy? He's hilarious. I got to see more of his stuff. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it, the, saving Silverman is so funny in like all the right ways. It is there's enough stuff in there where it's probably offensive, but uh, now, like, I don't know if the movie would fly. I don't know if the movie would get made nowadays. But looking back at it, I the movie is so funny. There's so many good one liners. There's so many good just scenes. Um, there's there's way more like when you look at the movie as a whole, you don't think you're going to get. It doesn't look like it's going to be a Jack Black, Steve Zahn movie when ultimately it really is a Jack Black, Steve Zahn movie like those guys completely steal the film. Um, and it's just fantastic. So, um, yeah, everyone should see that, but, um, absolutely throw this back to you, man. Okay. So man, it's hard to know where to go with this, but I'm going to go with, uh, the movie be kind rewind. Um, this is about like, essentially you have Danny Glover who owns a, uh, video rental store and, uh, Jack Black and uh, Moss Def are both characters who, um, who 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 are basically work at the video store. And Jack Black, through a crazy sort of freak accident, ends up ends up being magnetized and destroying every videotape in this video store while uh, Danny Glover, the owner, is out of town. And uh, it's this sort of like Jack Black and Moss Def need to refilm every um video in the store because they need to keep the store going what's that every movie and that's yeah that's the gold with this because they don't they're doing it from memory (laughs) i I feel like i'm kind of interrupting but i love this movie this made my short list but um no they uh it it they have to do it from memory but they don't remember everything so they're doing the best they can, and it's really sh- crappy, like, props and practical effects, and they're just, like, out there shooting, and sometimes, like, they're taking, like, a two-, three-hour movie, and it's only, like, 14 minutes because that's all they can remember of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And they're calling um, it the I, Swedish version, so, like, the Sweded um, mm-hmm. versions of the film. Keep talking. Go ahead. Well, it's the the first movie is uh, one of their uh, one of the shop's patrons. This old lady wants to rent Ghostbusters and they're like, we have that, but you have to come back later to pick it up. And then they film this ridiculous sort of bootleg version of Ghostbusters. And it's so entertaining. And throughout the movie, they just keep doing different uh, versions. But it's kind of a. there's this kind of really sweet moment where you see that the neighborhood actually really embraces these sort of bootleg, ridiculous versions of the film that uh, these characters are putting together. Um, And it's just it's just one of those things like it's a movie for people who love movies and it's our super creative premise. And uh, no, I just love this film. It's it's really creative. It's really heartwarming. And uh, it's just really funny when it comes down to it. So, yeah, be kind of wind. I don't know really too much else to say about it you know what's weird about this is because in the world of streaming like it doesn't it just doesn't hold up the way you want it to you know it's a very yeah very old-fashioned movie if you will because you're dealing with uh um because of the uh the videotape aspect of it and there's no we don't deal with those anymore you know but I I do think you can watch the movie and in a world of streaming, you can kind of see kind of what's missing from our current like movie watching experience. Like we don't 
we no longer go to the local blockbuster family video or whatever. And we don't have that sort of community video store. And I do think there's something that's missing from the current sort of like at home movie watching experience that this movie really points out. Um, And I don't know that I don't necessarily know the solution for it. I just think it's kind of a, it's an unfortunate thing, but it's also kind of a heartwarming, nostalgic thing at the same time to uh, look back at. So I feel like the missing part about the at home movie watching experience is the going to the video store and picking out a movie. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. that's that's the one um, that's that's the that's the game that, you know, it's the going to the store, picking out the movie, talking with your friends, trying to figure out what you're going to get you know, randomly picking a movie and going, yeah, this looks good. Let's get it. And then you're like, you know, why not blindly watching the movie with your friends? And you're just like, wow, that was a good call, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so my next one, um, I, this is kind of a surprising, uh, is Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Um, this <laughs> nice. is, a, this is a movie that really surprised me. Um, I didn't think this was going to make my list, but just like, just going through the Jack Black movies, I'm like, this one really kind of um, for some reason it sat with me in terms of Jack Black being a good actor, being good at his craft and that kind of thing. Um, and it's funny because Jack Black has to play a girl um, through the majority of the film. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's just it's just it makes me laugh. It's hysterical. And they did such a nice job of bringing it into the newer age. So I don't have a lot to say on it, but um, Jack Black is just absolutely charming in the movie. So absolutely. This movie really surprised me um, as far as just how much fun and how good it was. And I pretty much agree with everything you said there. I don't know if I have too much to add to it, but definitely a good pick. Sure. Um, all right, man. What's your next one for the night? Yeah, so the next one I'm going to go I'm going to go with is uh, School of Rock. Um, This is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's kind of a goofy comedy, but I think it's I think it's underrated in a little bit of ways where I think it has just so much entertainment value and so much heart um, in this movie. And uh, I don't even really know where to begin with this one. But this is just in my opinion, it's just a really good movie. It's really funny. There's just a lot of really funny sort of rock and roll sort of historic Easter eggs in there and stuff. And I just think this is one of those movies that you watch and you just feel like Jack Black was born to play this role. And uh, he just makes the movie like such a fun time. And uh, yeah, that's really what I think about this movie. It's just a really it's a blast to watch. Like, it's just a really, really good time. So, Uh, yeah, a school of rock um, sits with me. It's not. I feel like. I feel like School of Rock got ruined for me a little bit with hype um, by the time I saw really? it. I feel. Yeah, because I didn't get to see it right away. And I feel like there was a lot of uh, by the time I saw it, I was kind of like, meh, OK, <laughs> yeah, okay <laughs> that's, nice. that's what everybody raved about. Going back and watching it, the movie's phenomenal. Um, but when it first came out, I think it was kind of ruined for me by hype, uh, kind of like Avengers one. Um, so <laughs> hype, hype can mess up a movie. Um, but yeah, so. Um, but no, this, this movie's great. And I, it's, it, it amazed me like how well that translated the way they wanted it to translate. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Just bringing the, just bringing the, the, the school band situation into the way it was, how I ended up, how they ended up playing it out. Um, I just, I just really liked how it ended up playing out the whole way through. So, um, 
but yeah, it just, I, I guess it was just the, uh, um, the fact that it got kind of a little bit of ruined for me. So whatever. Anyway, fair enough. Um, not ruined story-wise, but hype-wise. Um, so my, this brings me to my second pick of the night and I'm going with Tropic Thunder. Um, this is a movie that surprised the crap out of me from the opening sequence. Um, and we're talking like, cause I, we knew what the plot of the movie was. Um, you got to watch some fake trailers for some very absurd movies that were coming. Um, and, uh, so like the, like the weird Tobey Maguire as a monk, like uh movie that he was in or whatever. Cause they had those, they had those uh, fake trailers at the beginning. And then you find out you're behind the scenes of a movie production. And then you're watching the opening of the movie and you hear about Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, controversial pigment surgery. So he could play <laughs> black man in the movie. And then, um, and then you're, you're watching this whole thing and then they yell cut. And then you're behind the scenes of the film and like Jack Black plays one of the main characters. He, he plays one of the guys in the film that this movie was this movie cannot get made. This movie would never get made today. There's way too much offensive material in it. But um, the movie is hysterical. Um, it, it just got my attention for the whole opening through the Tom Cruise cameo. You're like, what am I watching? Um, <laughs> it is such a fun movie. It's such a ridiculous movie. Um, but it's such a smart and clever film that, like I said, you'll never get a movie like that made again. Um, if you tried putting it on paper these today, it, it just wouldn't work. Um, it's a it's a product of the time. Um, I don't go ahead. I'm, I feel like I'm stumbling over my words at this point. So, no, unfortunately, like uh, this is a movie that for me was kind of ruined by the hype a little bit. Um, I had uh, a couple of friends who told me like over and over again that it's the funniest movie that has ever been made and stuff. And when I finally saw it, I was a little bit disappointed because I was like, yeah, it's funny. And I did see a lot of the cleverness, but it just didn't hit me as hard. I think because my friends overhyped it, um, revisiting it though. I do think it's kind of a genius movie in a lot of respects. Um, kind of like some of the meta sort of like stuff you were mentioning from the beginning of the movie and stuff like that. But, uh, this is one that I think I need to, probably watch another couple times just because like I said, the initial hype for the movie ruined it a little bit for me by the time I finally saw it. So, yeah. And this, I, no one ever told me <laughs> it was the most, it was the funniest movie they ever saw. All I was ever told was it's a really good movie. You need to see it. So, okay. Nice. That's, that's why the hype never hit me. Um, it was basically good movie. You need to see this. So nice. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Uh, what's your second to last pick of the night? Yeah. So my second to last pick, um, I know we've talked about pretty extensively on this show, but I went with uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Um, Jack Black obviously has a huge role in this movie, and uh, it's one of the few sort of I feel like he probably was in a number of serious roles by this point, but I feel like this was a movie that was, you know, Peter Jackson directed and it was one of those really like sort of critically acclaimed sort of uh, films. And I feel like this movie in a lot of ways showed that Jack Black could be a serious actor. And uh, I think he just knocked it out of the park in this movie. He actually is uh, 
he has like sort of the last line in the movie and it's kind of a really poignant moment and stuff like that. And, um, I don't know too much else to say because I know we've talked about this movie extensively in the past, but, um, no, I think this movie is really good. And I do think that Jack Black's performance is, uh, pretty impressive as well in this film. So, um, yeah, this, this is another movie that surprised me. Like I remember seeing the trailer for it and I'm like, I have to see this movie. And I remember when it came explaining, like, there were a couple people that were like, really, why do you want to see this movie like King Kong, blah, blah, blah. And there was a couple girls that were talking about it. I'm like, you do know it's a love story, right? And they're like, what? I'm like, it's the whole movie's a love story and it's a social commentary. And blah. And I was kind of talking about it like it's in that deep dive kind of conversation. And then like a large group of us went and saw the movie. And I remember that. They mentally, I think, checked out with the big bugs scene. <laughs> OK, um, but I mean, like mentally, but like they understood what I was talking about when I got when we got to the end of the movie and you're dealing with the love story with the girl and the gorilla and all that stuff. But this was a movie that kind of just super impressed me. Um, I the my first iteration of King Kong was the one in the 80s uh, with Jeff Bridges. I ended up really liking that movie. Um, I remember a lot of the island stuff very vividly from that film. Um, and then this movie, the one thing I didn't like about this movie was some of the dinosaur CGI did not look as good as it should have. In a post-Jurassic Park world, some of that dinosaur CGI should have looked way better. I could see that. Um, so uh, I I could I could see that. But at the same time, by the end of the movie, when you have King, King Kong up on the top of the Empire States building and he's like jumping and trying to attack various uh planes passing by overhead and stuff that whole sequence especially seeing it on the big screen really had me on the edge of my seat where i just felt like at any moment this gorilla is going to fall to his death and i feel like that was filmed in a way that really really got me and i could see like some of the cg earlier in the movie maybe being a little bit subpar but i do think that by the time you get to the end of the movie, I do think they made up for it in a lot of ways, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it did. And like once they got back to the city and they started doing all that stuff, I yes, that's a definite thing. They did make up for some of that island, uh, that island stuff. Um, but Jack Black was he overall, since we're talking about Jack Black, he was fantastic in this movie as the filmmaker. Um, and it was very it was it seemed like he studied um he paid real close attention to filmmakers like like he was doing projects and he was watching the director or the producers and stuff like, you know, and then went back and looked at some old footage of how old timey film directors would handle stuff on sets and how like their passion for just getting the for getting the footage was important. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so that kind of goes into my last pick. And since you haven't brought it up, I'm assuming we matched on this one. And that's high fidelity. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah. So we've talked about high fidelity before. Um, so we don't. I don't know if we need to go crazily deep into it, but um, this I honestly think is probably one of Jack Black's absolute best movies ever. One because the movie's absolutely phenomenal, but two, Jack Black is just so utterly charming in this movie, and he's all over the place. Um, but I, it's the opening, it's the first time you see Jack Black 
And um, mm-hmm. he's clearly like just woken up, rolled out of bed, just still wearing the clothes from last night thing, rolls into work and he pops in the tape and it's his Monday morning tape for everybody. And it's walking yeah. on sunshine and John Cusack's all pissed at him and screaming at him. And they get to that argument in the store. <laughs> Such a funny, hilarious sequence. Um, but Jack Black, like he's just all over the place in this movie. Like he's up, he's down. He's like the, the conversation's great. But when you think about the way that those three guys, Jack Black, John Cusack, and I'm drawing a blank on the third guy's name. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, they're the way they talk in the store. That's how like me and all my friends, like anyone I've worked with, like that, those are the same conversations we had. They're having them about music, but we had them about music and movies and comic books and video games and all that stuff. It's like, it's no different. It's like, I saw myself as one of those guys straight through. I'm like, yep, that's, I've been there and I've lived that life. Like it's so like, it hits so close to home, I guess, in a way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Jack Black, everybody knows that guy, <laughs> you know. Um, and then the big performance at the end when he sings uh, Let's Get It On, the, when he does his Marvin Gaye uh, cover, I guess you'd say. It's it's so it's such a funny, like unexpected moment that you just don't see coming. Um, just because, like, they built up the band throughout the movie and then you're just like, what's this going to be? And then that's the song they do. And it's absolutely amazing. And I believe from what I was reading, because I did a little bit of digging uh, before tonight, I believe that's the first time Jack Black ever actually sang on screen uh, was in High Fidelity. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. You can talk about that for a minute since we matched. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have too much to say other than what you said, but I do. I do like that um, Jack Black in this movie, because. You have John Cusack, the other guy, and uh, Jack Black, and they're like the three record store workers. And Jack Black really rides this line of being this pretentious, pretentious record store worker, but also being like just a really cool, really fun personality. And I think that's really seen in that um, that scene that you mentioned before when he was, uh, you know, he starts playing his Monday morning mixtape and he, you know, it opens with walking on sunshine and the way that he's dancing around to that music and stuff like that. Um, and I think it would be really easy for his character to come off as really pretentious and annoying, but I think Jack Black's performance in the movie really rode that line really well. Um, the, the only other thing I'll really say is, uh, I watched the high fidelity TV series on YouTube recently, and um, I enjoyed that series quite a bit. But I do think there was something missing with the uh, record store workers, because I think just because Jack Black is such a charismatic individual, I think there is something with those like the record store workers in this new Hulu version of high fidelity. I think there was something missing there where you didn't have the same charisma and fun and stuff like that as you had in Jack Black and John Cusack. And uh, unfortunately, neither of us can remember the other actor's name. But uh, I'm, just draw, I'm just drawing a yeah. blank. I should probably look it up because he was also <laughs> in McGuire, too. Um, and yeah, he's, he was in Jerry Maguire, too. And I just I feel bad that I'm drawing a blank on his name. So I'm going to look it up real quick. But what else? Did you have anything else to add on <laughs> High Fidelity? Um. Yeah, I don't necessarily know because I know we've talked about the movie quite a bit, but I just think it's a really good film. I think it's um, 
especially for any guy who's like gone through his uh, late teens and 20s and stuff. I think it's a really good sort of relatable film that everybody should watch. And as far as just even just the sort of record store banter and stuff, I think that stuff's really, really fun as well. So uh, Todd Lucio. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Todd Lucio. If I'm Louis Lucy, yeah, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that's who, <laughs> that's who played that guy. Anyway, uh, that brings us to the end of the list. So that brings us to the end of our episode. And if this is the first time you're listening to us, this is where I tell Peter what we're doing next week because it's my pick. Um, yes. So Peter, next week we're going to be doing. This is one I've been sitting in my back pocket since the inception of the show. Okay. Um, Interesting. Meaning when we started putting this, when I started like coming up with the idea, like we could do this, I jotted down some like ideas for lists, like we'll do this and we'll do this and this will cover this and that and the other thing. And this is one, honestly, I was surprised. I'm like, and I look back, I'm like, wow, we've never actually done that. So we're going to go take a look at Westerns. Um, Interesting. Okay. Never actually done that. So hopefully you have a, hopefully you can pull five. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, Westerns, um, just because I'm surprised we never, I'm just shocked that we never got that done. Um, so anyway, that's what we'll be doing next week. Um, so Peter, we're going to let you go so uh, you can get some sleep since you're recovering still from being sick. Um, <laughs> and uh, so do us all a favor, everybody. Um, check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there, hit us up social media, either way works. Um, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places, and if you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, you can also leave a review. Um, we love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better, and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And what I post there will test your head and your mind and your brain, too. <laughs> All right. Um, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night.